Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What's up, you old walking bastard? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Oh my gosh, buddy. How much pain are you in right now? On a scale of one to ten. I'm not so bad right now. It's when you go to get up or you mm. go to sit down. Uh, sitting, so at a rest, I'm like at a seven because my, my, as you can see, my feet are all jacked up and mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm just barely. I mean, I am dead dog tired, <laughs> dude. We got done and, um, you know, intervals, you can't got to come down for a little bit. My wife got to hang out for a little bit, but that last two hours, <laughs> I was by myself and in my head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I don't know how, like, that, I did like a half marathon. I don't know how whole marathon people do that. In fact, it was so funny. One of the comments that I kept seeing a lot was like, just do that point one. And I'm like, nobody does the point one if they don't have to, you know, because as yep. soon as that clock hit 13, I was done. There was no <laughs> way in hell I was going to get that last point one because I thought that at, at the start, you know? Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, I went to a track, the track that we're at, it's 0.4 miles per go, you know? So my mind, I'm just kind of, I'll, I'll never forget this morning is it's like six when it starts, I do my first. How long did it take you? Six hours. Six hours, yeah. Six hours to do it. Uh, right at a 30-minute pace, but that last one was 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I messed up because when I was going toward the end, I, I said, you know, I'm going to, like, take it easy on the last little bit, you know. Plus, I had, like, a dizzy spell. I was like, I don't want to, like die on this track i can only imagine the gator fans just dragging me through the mud you know i was like i'm not going out this way but i caught myself so i was like you know i need some water so i i I slowed down and i went back to the uh, truck to get water and that was like the worst mistake i made because well i'm sure i needed the water but i shouldn't have slowed my pace because that last half mile, dude, it, it felt like I would never get it done, mm. and uh, but I did, man, I did. I got it got to a point in my mind. I was like, okay, so when it was point eight, if I go like like one point zero, like I don't even know like measurements, but like because on my watch it, it just kind of kept up with it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if I walk that amount of distance away from the truck, when I come back, I'll hit it, you know. <laughs> And then in my mind, I was like, you know, that's like just right there, you know? And then I kept going. I was like, dude, how far is point one? You know? <laughs> so, um, but no, again, uh, thanks for all, all the support, you know, uh, everybody jump online there behind me and, you know, and there's a lot of people that, you know, worried about my sweating habits and <laughs> whatever, you know, it's like, dude, if I could switch my body right now to prove it was done, I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> so I've been wanting to ask you this all day. How's it feel to be Tennessee's leading rusher? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels if I will say this, it felt really good after yeah. like just the completion of it. Yeah. You know, I can't explain it. I didn't that. think you'd do it. Or I didn't think you'd make it. 
I was trying to I figure out ways to how to how we could cheat well, it's it. It's funny because when I started the second, well, that's that's the thing, you know. It's like your watch. That thought. Maybe if I show them the the actual numbers, you yep. know, they'll they'll see. But people are people are like that. I can I confirm. I, I walk there every day, twice a day. I've never seen cousin Shane over there, and I, we went this morning, and he was already. I several to. miles in i i saw the way as you can see i'm beat red man i was like if i don't get at this early i'm gonna and i that's part of the problem is just that last little bit i think it got up to like you know high high 70s you know that's another thing is we're not in gainesville you know i mean the weather's pretty good up here but it felt like it was 95 degrees out there when i get when i got done but but yeah all in all um you know, I wish I didn't have to walk at all because you, you remember. I mean, you were talking about reliving a football game. Walk 13 <laughs> miles because of it, you know. And and I replayed every mistake that, that we made and, you know, options. In fact, I put out there, I was hoping Hopple would see it. Uh, my little hint on decisions, you know. <laughs> but but all in all, it, you know, I'm glad I got it done. But when I got back uh, after we ate, I just I passed out. My wife woke me up and and uh, said, you, "Don't you gotta go do a pot?" And I was like, "I thought about just calling you and saying, just do it without me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can't wait to see what the next stunt is, but hopefully it won't it be. It will walking. not involve that. <laughs> I thought about my next lock, and I'm like, if they, if they lose, I'll do a thousand push-ups for every point. And I was like, <laughs> no, no more physical stuff. I'd rather shave my face or something than than do. Something like that yeah the mustache is it's not even that bad it took me a couple seconds you know <laughs> because part of you is like man this was a 19 point game there for a minute you know and uh even the field goal i that was the one that, yeah. that got me when i hit that three mile marker i thought about the field goal we didn't take there in the red zone i was like you know i know it wouldn't have helped us but it would have helped me right now <laughs> Well, all right, buddy. We got a bunch of games to get into, yes. and I'll tell you who needs help, and that's Alabama. Yeah, because they got a big game here. Ole Miss coming to down, SEC on CBS game of the week. And I don't know if you've seen this while you've been doing all these steps, Shane. I think you've been locked in on the on the trails, but there's been Josh Pate, and now I've seen Paul Feinbaum. They've both said the same thing, and those if both of them are saying it, I feel like it's pretty true. But they're saying that the team basically quit on Saban after he mm. pulled Jalen Milrow. And you notice it didn't take a week of practice to name Jalen Milrow. It was, I mean, hell, he did that. <laughs> I think that was the first thing out of his damn mouth out of his Monday press conference. We're going back to Jalen Milrow as our quarterback. So I don't know. Let me ask you this, Shane, because, I mean, what does that say about the greatest coach of all time? We know it's a new era, NIL, transfer portal, players can leave. And I keep hearing people say, he needs to get on their ass. He needs to light them up and do this and do that like he used to do. Yeah, You can't do it anymore. Because guys yeah. are jumping that portal. They got a one-time get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, thoughts on, and again, I don't know. But again, if Peyton's saying it and Feinbaum are saying it, I, you know, it's, it's troubling that the team basically no-showed against South Florida. Well, Mike, I've thought about a lot of things today. And this was one of those topics but I thought something different. I thought I was actually I was listening to yours and uh, Steve's mm -hmm. pod from yesterday. It was a great, great show. What if he's playing ch chess while everybody's playing checkers? You know, it's like 
you know who was really out on Jalen? The fans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God, like, by God, they're not anymore. Dude, we we piled on them. And, and I'm not saying that Nick Saban would sabotage any game. Yeah. But the thought came across my mind, like, what if he made it that difficult? You got to realize they only gave up three points. Yeah. Maybe Saban And just, that was after a, a turnover uh, McKinstry fumble. Exactly. I mean, so they virtually gave up nothing. Maybe Saban wasn't worried at all about this game. He knew they were going to struggle. Maybe maybe he put those quarterbacks in a bad situation. And I don't think you go into a game, you know, trying not to win, but you want to eliminate quarterback controversy, you make it tough as hell. And maybe this is the long game here. To, I, I, I'm always I, – I guess I got my little tinfoil hat right now. You've had a lot of time to think about <laughs> I was like, what if – I mean, it came to me. I was walking, I was like, wait a minute. Because you were talking about Lane Kiffin playing games yeah. with Nick Saban, talking about the coaching changes and stuff like that. And I was like, well, who's the king of, of manipulation is Nick Saban. What if this yeah. was his approach to get everyone back on the bandwagon at, with Jalen and know that the, he's going to give us the best opportunity to win? You may not like it, but now you've seen your other options. You like this one a lot more. Right. And, yeah, I mean, that that is like 3D chess right there. Yeah. That you're, and, and even if maybe they did, uh, I don't want to say pull Kevin Steele's play-calling uh, role, but maybe they, mm-hmm. maybe they let T-Rob do it because they knew Kiffin would see that, and they'd be preparing for that. Yeah. And then here, the switcheroo, Kevin Steele calls on set. I mean, <laughs> we could go another layer with this, but uh, I'm, I'm loving it, Shane, because I think this is a must-win, Yeah, and I never would have said that before. But Alabama, if they lose this with, with allegations of players quitting and, and this and that and going back and forth with all these quarterbacks and coaching drama, I mean, I I said it on Feinbaum, 7-5. and five. Yeah, People mocking me for that. Hell, they mocked me for Decaying Dynasty too, and that's come true. I mean, I think the LSU, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, uh, A and M, all these teams could beat Alabama if they if they quit, if they played like they did on South against South Florida, and I think they will if they lose to Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss team because I I think, I mean, by God, the expectation is to beat the hell out of a team like (laughs) Ole Miss, especially at home. Yeah, absolutely. No, that is that is, and you talk about just electrifying this fan pace again, beating a top 25 team and beating Lane Kiffin. I think that this is a, you know, that whole homecoming, you know, that's kind of what this feels like is a game that means a little bit more and, um, and they've got to win. They have to win or the whole decaying dynasty gets amplified by a million. Yeah. Tyler Booker mentioned that the players met yesterday, players only meeting, um, and he said togetherness is a real point of emphasis for them. Uh, How would you assess the togetherness of this group? I've been pleased with it. I think this was, you know, the first game where I saw some guys, you know, a little frustrated. um, And I think the frustration came maybe because we weren't as focused as we needed to be, which is my responsibility. Uh, So players go out and make some mistakes and things don't go well and they get frustrated Uh, and as a competitor you never want to get frustrated you always want to play the next play Um, but I think we we've talked about how everybody needs to buy in to doing the things they need to do to make their contribution to the team to play winning football and I think as you know time goes on and the season goes on everybody's role gets a little bit more clearly defined some guys may be disappointed in their role, but 
they have to buy into that if they want to make a contribution to the team in a positive way, whether it's on special teams or, you know, being a player that gets an opportunity because somebody's down, um, whatever that might be. And what is your perspective or, or feel on this team? Because despite what that outside noise might be, this team is sitting at two and one, about to start SEC play and plenty to play for this season. Look, I like the team. I got confidence in our team. Um, I, I really do. You know, we've had some tough stressors before and players have bounced back, but I think everybody's got to make a commitment to doing that. And it's not easy. Uh, we got really tough competition coming up, but everybody's got to challenge themselves, I think, to be their best as a player, uh, be their best as a team guy, be their best as a leader. And I've, I've, I've liked this group so far. I just think, you know, our execution has got to get a little Now, how about consistent. the other side, Shane? Ole Miss coming in, 3-0, and looking good, high-flying, still not quite running the ball like like we'd anticipate, but Jackson Dart looks like a star. Yeah. Could be by the end of the season, if he keeps it up, maybe the best quarterback in the league. They're missing some weapons. Receivers are hurt. Jukins, I didn't think he was going to play in that last game against Georgia Tech. He mm -hmm. did play. Again, another so-so performance. I put that more on the offensive line than I do him. Yeah. But this may be the best shot that Lane Kiffin gets to beat Nick Saban at Alabama. Uh, and, again, this is – if Ole Miss can't beat this team, this Alabama team, I don't know how they're going to beat LSU. I don't know how they're going to beat A&M yeah. and, and the gauntlet they got. So I don't, I don't think there's pressure on Ole Miss to win it, but I think they got a lot to prove, and this is an opportunity for them to, to finally show the country that they're legit and they're not just feasting on these cupcakes like they have yeah. the last two years. I think Lane Kiffin would prefer – that they beat Texas and that they killed South Florida, you know, <laughs> yeah. like this game feels a little bit heavier just because they're struggling. And, and that old narrative that they're coming down while we're moving up and Ole Miss has not had a fantastic season. They, I mean, obviously they're three and O and they, they've found ways to win games, but I've not anybody that's ever that's been watching them since week one. There's not been, you know, a game that I'm just like, man, they they got it. You know, a complete game like LSU had last week. I've not seen a complete game, but they're going to have to play perfectly, flawlessly if they're going to beat Alabama because forget all the turmoil that's going on that side. This is still a roster full of four and five star talent. Yeah. And it's deep in hell, deep as hell. And, and now they've got a little extra salt in this game, you know. What do you think is the 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 path for Ole Miss to to get that W? Well, maybe there's three, but is it Jackson Dart taking over and, and continuing his growth and showing he's elite? Is it Judkins being who he thought he was? And and again, maybe it's not even him; it's the offensive line coming together. You know, which which one do you think has to lead the charge, or? And this is probably the correct answer is why I said there's probably three. It's probably both. It's probably balance where Alabama does not know what's coming because yeah. Alabama's so damn good defensively that if you if you get one dimensional, they'll kill you. Um, so I don't know which which path do you think is the most realistic to to Ole Miss uh, pulling the upset here on Saturday? Yeah, it's a good one, and I think it's keeping that defense on the field, um, shortening the game, eliminating opportunities that that's what it's going to come down to you know that's the recipe for all the Alabamas and Georgias and LSUs it's like if you can shorten the game look at Texas and Wyoming last week that's exactly what they they did it's just 
if they could keep the ball out of out of Alabama's hands, and then when they're out there, force them to make another turnover, then all of a sudden you're down a couple scores and you're feeling pretty good because of the track record of Jalen and, and company. So yeah. I, I think that's the game, but you hit the nail on the head. You've, you've got one, if not the best running back in the country, and we've got nothing. So I don't know if it's injuries. I don't know if it's this offensive line or – or maybe you've been holding them back for this game, but there we we have got to get some production uh, with the running attack, and if we don't have that, then Alabama will win. And then the one thing we haven't even hit on, Shane, Pete Golding, kind of his revenge game, his yeah. return to Alabama. Absolutely. Fans hate him. Uh huh. Now that I don't think they like what they got right. now. You know what I mean? So. Uh, added subplot there. He knows the personnel. Of course, they know him. Kiffin's exes. He's probably got a few running around down there. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> so there's there's a lot to watch. This is this is a game full of drama and storylines. Yeah. You know what? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. Well, another one, Shane. It, a lot of big SEC West battles this week. Auburn at Texas A&M. And by God, I'll, I've said it before. I'll say it again. If, if Texas A&M can't win this game against... Why do we say that every week? <laughs> you know, it's like every week we give Jimbo an ultimatum. It's like, if he loses this week, we're firing him, right? You know? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So there there are going to be a lot of those games. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just I like how you're teeing it up there. They, they just have to win, though. Because, hell, that, that was so disappointing against Miami. But we've cleared it. We've come mm-hmm. back. We bounced back. Beat the hell out of some snub team last week. I get it. But no one cares about that. Mm-hmm. They care about what you do in the league. And this is, by all accounts, the, you know, at best, maybe the fifth best team in the West. Yeah. But probably sixth. I, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. But not they're not a true contender by most accounts. Maybe right. they catch fire. But at home, a lot on the line. And, again, Auburn – their offense is not even that good. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your weakness is their weakness. Yeah. So there's no excuse to me if uh if if Auburn's defense corrals AM's offense, we got real problems over here. Yeah, but Auburn has nothing to lose in this game. Absolutely. Yeah. Just the gain, even a close game. You know, I don't believe in moral victories, but a guy coming in, taking in over this program, you talk about you know, getting the fan base excited, putting Jimbo up against the ropes. That's This is a game. There's a couple of these games. We talked about this when we were doing the schedule early. It's like there's a couple of games that could get Jimbo fired, and there's a couple of games that will cement the fact that Hugh Freeze is going to be very successful in this league. This is one of them, yeah. you know. So um, it's not a 50-50 game, and no one's expecting A&M to lose. But if they do, yeah. The problem with Jimbo is he – he had some wiggle room, you know. He had a little bit of a, like a, you know, like, but he he lost it. He lost. I'm sorry, I can't find my words. But he lost it with Miami. Yeah, you know. There's no, there is no more excuses or pointing of fingers and stuff like that. It's just, it's out the window. So this it's, is a every. It's, yeah. it's maybe a different story if you're a big underdog and you lose. Yeah, but when you're, you're when you're the favorite, and you get embarrassed. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Because that's happened a time too many in College Station under Jimbo Fisher. So that's why I say, I mean, Mike, I mean, I'm, I'm still anticipating this run. With Alabama struggling, yeah. 
again, it, most people are looking at LSU, and that's probably the right way to look. But the, it opens the door for A and M too, yeah, because they host Bama and they catch LSU late. And who knows? What does Brian Kelly say at media days? And he kind of echoed it this week. We are a work in progress. We mm-hmm. got holes, and a team that's got holes, those get exposed by the end of the year. Yeah. So I, I realize they got to go to LSU, but by that time, I mean, God forbid, I, I don't want to even mention names, but if they're down two star players, LSU's a completely different team. Yeah. Whereas at A&M, you know, where we got 20 good star linemen, you know, <laughs> we don't want to lose any, but it, but it won't cripple us yeah. like it could LSU. You know what I mean? So yeah. the door is, is cracked, is cracked for A&M. They got to kick that bad boy down and it's got to start here in SEC play against Auburn. Yeah, Coach, defensively, <laughs> do, do you feel like you saw the response or, you know, the, the progress from, you know, Miami? Well, we'll see. I mean, we weren't playing the same kind of opponent, but, but our, again, I said this, we got beat physically in the Miami game. There weren't, we weren't guys running scot-free. We got beat on physical. Man, guy got beaten in one-on-one or things like that. So hopefully we'll continue to do that and we'll go against good guys in practice. And listen, their receivers last week, they had two or three guys have a shot of really good players. So I think we played a lot better there. So I think there's always things that way you're, you're trying to improve and do better. I mean, you're always – it's not like you're blowing coverages. It's not like you're, you're uh, doing different things. you gotta, you got to win those one-on-one battles, and then you got to help with technique and then other pressures and do different things in which we can do. But hopefully we'll see the step up this week. As, as the level of, of competition steps up in the SEC, we'll, hopefully we'll find out. But I like what we did. I thought we played well. I thought we practiced. Right. We, had, we gave up four first downs until, the, what, the last drive? <clears throat> and uh, I don't care. That's hard to do on anything. And uh, that's also a team that just played a, beat a really good Army team who beat a really good UTSA team here. It's not like, you know, that the ULM had some good players, man. Had, had some really good players. So it's not like uh, – and I'm not saying that. I mean, it's just you had good competition. Now we'll find out. We step up another level. Sorry, coach. Uh, coach, you know I, know, I know coaching staffs and teams are always evolving anyway, but three games in with a new coaching staff for them, how much – can you get a feel for what they're trying to do, especially with the guys that they had last year and maybe how they're different? Well, and I think you go back to their history, past histories too. I mean, guys don't ever deviate very far. I mean, you're not going to say guys don't go from running the wishbone to the run and shoot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, there's going to be – now how they use their players, that's the thing you got to be – you know, who their feature guy is, what are they trying to do different, how are they trying to – you know, and – they're probably still learning their guys, too, a little bit and certain talents to how to feature guys to get them the ball or different things. But it stays relatively similar. And it, but then, again, that's why you got to teach. When you teach offense and defense, you're teaching concepts. And it's not – everything you do has a rule based off it's a three-man group, a four-man surface, a two-man surface, a four-man side, a three-man side, a two-man side. So how your rules apply. So if there is different things that happen, which always are in a game, you have rules that apply to it. So, you know, that's part of the – the early season things in which you go. I mean, it's and that's why you got to teach conceptually and not just you're not memorizing exactly what they do all the time. Hugh, when you look at Texas A&M defensively, they rank third nationally in, in third down defense. What is that? How does that concern you about what you're going to face on third downs this Saturday? And then for your offense, just trying to convert those on the road. Uh, it's a great concern. I, I want to be really clear. You're, we're playing a team. Uh, I've, I've, I'm, I'm probably too candid and honest sometimes for some people, but let's, let's just be really clear. We're getting ready to play three teams that have, over the last four to five years, ranked in the top seven to five in recruiting. All right, so you're playing the best recruits in the nation, and 
Um, we're going to be there soon, and that doesn't mean you can't compete and doesn't mean you can't win the game and all of that, but there's a reason they're third in the nation in, on third down defense is they've got a bunch of five stars in the defensive line and at linebacker and at safety and at corner. I mean, they're really, really talented. And when you put on the film, you see that. I mean, their they're closing speed's incredible. Um, they're physical up front, and it's uh, it's a tall, tall challenge for us in year one to to you know to stand toe to toe with A and M and Georgia next week and LSU the following week. That it's um, um, it's our goal to get there, but that's what reality is. Is is we have we've had about eight months to recruit a half a class, and you know these others have been stacking it. And um, that's why they're ranked third in the country in third down defense is they're incredibly talented. Yeah. And I'm telling you, he's going to – I love I love how Hugh – it's funny. It's like never took him as a like an honest person. But these these <laughs> these post-games and pre-game interviews, it's like he's telling you exactly what what the coach is feeling, you know. And I, right. think, I think that's a – fantastic move is because you know and that's that you talk about the little extra icing on the cake yeah. coming into this one when he's coming out and he's saying you know hey we we don't have a four three or four classes we have like one and a half yeah you know we're we're barely getting by and so again pulling them down pulling them down pulling them down and then if they beat texas a&m they look at all that and say, look, they just had one and a half classes, you know? We had four. What the hell? So th- you think this is more mind games by Hugh, just setting the, the, the bar low? And- oh, yeah. 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 He's he's working the media, you know? He's but do, not- you, do you think that's because he feels good about his team? And he, and he thinks no. he, can, he can gain more goodwill? Or he thinks, all right, we got some real issues that could be about to be exploited, and I don't want everyone jumping on me when – if we're three and three in in three weeks, great. Yeah, I think that's more it's just just job security. Not that he's going to lose his job or anything, but you know, you bring that bar down. So then, when you have a loss, you're like, you know, we knew this was coming. You yeah, know? we're but next year, you're after <laughs> give them some recruiting classes. You know? Yeah, that's where we're at. Well, you say, I mean, I I kind of kid, but you say he's he's on a cool seat. But all these damn coaches, man, they love you till you lose one. Beamer can't coach a lick. Just get rid of Sam. Hell, they about had Drink fired yeah. a week ago. He just had his biggest win of his career. I mean, <laughs> but it don't take long to get on that hot seat. He's doing it right. He's three and zero. You know, right? And and you wouldn't think in this game that would be the team that's undefeated. And yeah, so you putting away the games that are are meant to be close or you're meant to be a favorite. That's how you stay employed. You know, it's these games that you come in as an underdog that, you know, either, like I said, cement the fact that they made the right decision in bringing you down there or, you know, kind of, like you said, cracks that door open a little bit more and saying, well, is this our guy? You know, yeah. I, I think I think he's in a great, great spot. It's two coaches. If you're looking at job security, Hugh, believe it or not, probably the most solid job out there besides Kirby Smart and then the least is is Jimbo, you know. It was Billy, but Billy just <laughs> Billy's you know flipping everybody off as he's moving up the charts, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that is great. One last thing that that you just made me think. If you would have asked me to bet the mortgage, yeah. who's undefeated in this ball game? A and M after their first three or Auburn? I would have said A and M. 
it's just one of them years, man. It's been one of them years, and it's going to continue. And that's why I think we look back 2023 season before we went and lost the divisions and everything like that. This this is turning out to be one of the most wildest years so far. So yeah, there's going to be some upsets, and it may be this Saturday. And here's a key, key one, Shane. Arkansas at LSU, another West battle. Um, Razorbacks need a win. Yeah. Sam Pittman needs a win here against a rival, the Golden Boot. And it, it not sure about Rocket Sanders, if he's going to play or not. It sh- sure as hell would help yeah. if we could get him back in the lineup, even though we're, we're deep at running back for Arkansas. But uh, let's kick it over to Sam here, Shane, where you can tell, and this is exactly what we said, and people jumped on us. You know, we don't want we don't want Sam out or anything. Yeah. But you you start you lose a game you're not supposed to, then all of a sudden, fans are they're hitting the panic button. You know, you yeah. know they haven't even gotten an SEC play. You know, yeah. what I mean? they can erase all that though with a big win. But they gotta stay off that social adversity. Is just a part of football. Any level you play. Um, what have you learned about dealing with adversity in your four years as a head coach that's perhaps new from your time as an assistant? You know, I'll be honest with you. It's hard to block out um, your 15-second um, decisions. There's a lot of stuff goes through your mind, you know. Where's this put us at? Where's this is? Because you know if it doesn't work, that it, you're going to get a lot of questions about it. And you know if it does work, you're not probably going to get any, you know. Um, and so I think, you know, that's what I kind of went with with analytics a little bit and then going, okay, I'm going to do what the book says, you know, unless, you know, this, that, and the other. And, Um, you know, I got I got beat after not going it on for a fourth and one, not taking a field goal this. You know, I mean, if it doesn't work, you're going to get smoked. And so I said it before, and it was, I'm just going to decide what I think at the game time and what I'll do. And, but I think that's the one thing I've learned is that um, you make a decision, it better work. And uh, so you have to maybe the preparation of that particular moment. You know, we've been really good on the goal line. We just haven't been very good on the fourth and line. We've lost two of them. And so we've got to get better just in case I feel the need to go for it. But we've got to get it. And so I've learned just do what you think you're prepared and and uh, get off the analytics just a little bit. It's got to play a little bit smarter. I mean, I know, obviously, laser focus, move on to the next game, but how difficult is that actually to do? Hard. Hard. It's hard. I mean, it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's not a job. It's my life. It's, uh, it's what you do. It's everybody knows, knows you as a regular person, you know. The kids, same way. It's hard because the, addition of social media has and the addition of not opinion so much but um negative uh you know like used to used to be like 
you know, you got to do better or something. You know, it's not what you suck. You know, this. You know what I mean? It's now it's got the comments have nothing to do really with what happened in the game. It's just, you know, you, you suck. And it's not just me, it's, it's all the kids and all that. So I think it's a time when it's harder to recover from losses if you're a social media person, you know. Um, so, and you know, your best friends will say, man, you guys are going to get them this week. They said, no, oh, by the way, stay off social media. You know what I mean? And so you're going, I have been. So, you know, then you're going, what's happening? The kids are the same way. So I think it's, uh, it's hard. I mean, it is because you want to please the people that are employing you, the, the team, the, your wife, the state, the media. And you can't always do that. And that's that's the that's the hard part about our job. And I would imagine the hard part about being a, a student athlete. Be, be, it'd be hard because we all have feelings. We all have, you know what I mean. And when you let people down, uh, you, you're already beating yourself up on it. And then somebody starts beating the hell out of you with it. And then, you know what I mean, uh, I think it's a little bit harder to recover. But they're going to recover as I do. And when I get to that meeting today, it's going to be all about LSU after we get the corrections. All right, Shane. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it. I sense a guy that's that's hurting here. Yeah, and I don't even think he cares about his his job necessarily. In you know, in a weird sense, I I know that that probably s- sounds wrong, but I'm not saying he he doesn't care about the Arkansas job or or heat he's catching. I think he cares more about his team. Yeah, and his his kids are probably hurting, and and that's probably what's what's he feels it, you know? Well, I get it. I, I totally get it. I mean, people are mean online, you know? Uh, trust trust, <laughs> trust us. We know. <laughs> you know, it's like, here I am. Every 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 mile posting this video. I wouldn't read in any of the comments, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man. They're going to be like, go get it, Shane. You know, this, you're doing a hell of a job and all that stuff. And then, then it's like four pages of like, this fat ass ain't walking. He ain't sweating enough. And I was just like, what? You know, so I get it. Social media can get in your head. And and that's why I don't go to comments that much. That's why I mute conversations. Because, you know, you, you may have 98% of the people in your fan base supporting you, but it's the 2% making that noise that sticks with you. And you're just like, well, maybe there is something wrong, you know? Yeah. So it's easier if you're an old fart like us and Sam, you know, we've, we are used to mean people. Yeah. Kids aren't, you know, kids taking it personal and, and bullying online is, is a thing. I mean, I've got two girls and, and, uh, you know, it's funny because they there's an age gap between them. One, I didn't really have to deal with it. And the second one, like, I mean, it's there's just mean people out there, especially kids. So, um, yeah, I, I, I totally understand. It's almost like you wish you could just take the phones and remove it away. But it's like Sam said, you know, it's like stay off social media. Well, it's like, well, what are they saying over there? And then <laughs> next thing you know, you drift over and you're like, damn, I shouldn't have looked, you know. <laughs> so I get it. <laughs> But how about the other side of this matchup, Shane? LSU, huge win last weekend on the road. So now everybody's back on the on the bandwagon. We're gonna win the West. We get yeah. with the team to beat. But you know, this was a real issue the first week, and and maybe it, that's more about Florida State than anything. Florida State was so so good. 
We disrespected them. That's a talk about mean fans. Talk about them Florida Stoop people. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, you know what did he say right after that? He's like, we thought we were the champs. Yeah. We thought we were the damn Georgia Bulldogs. Well, they're probably hearing that now. You are the damn. You're you're going to take down Georgia. You're going to meet yeah. them in Atlanta again. I think the challenge now for LSU is to do it week in, week out because they've not proven they can do that. Not even last year when they won the the West. They were very inconsistent, lost a couple games, probably two or three they probably shouldn't have lost. Yeah. Uh, Yet that's that's how it went down. How big of a challenge do you think that is for LSU against Arkansas who just lost? You're a huge favorite. You're playing at home. I I think uh, I think everybody's going to be picking LSU and they're going to be picking them big, and I think I think this is a game that goes down to the wire. Do you have examples from throughout your coaching career of teams that maybe uh, didn't do as well as expected right out of the gate, but turned out to be quite formidable that have been instructive to you as as you kind of try to figure out what are the remedies for um, not starting the way you want in a season? Yeah, I mean I I could probably. You know, give you um, a number in 32 years of doing this. Um, uh, the specifics I'd have to take some time to think about. But I think that <clears throat> unless your team is ready-made, and, and I made it pretty clear with 14 transfers and the amount of freshmen that we were going to have to play, that's a red flag. I mean, if you're really looking at it carefully, that's going to require some tweaking. That's going to require for you to really understand that there's going to have to be some some movement in terms of changing direction, you know, with your team along the way. Um, we were able to do that, um, I think, and I think we're finding the formula uh, for this team. But I think that, you know, most teams that I've had, th- th- there haven't been as many that are just add water <laughs> and, and just go. Uh, they all require a little bit of, you know, changing the formula as the season goes along to get the right mix. Absolutely. Because um, Arkansas is still a really good team, mm-hmm. you know, and I think BYU is still undefeated. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that they're, they're going to be uh, national champs or anything like that, but maybe we didn't give them enough credit for being as good as they are, and this is a game they needed to, to, to ramp up SEC play. So I think you could spin this uh, multiple ways, but, you know, it feels like there's these type of games going around this this week. There's there's teams that are on a up path and there's teams that are on a down path and they meet. And, and I think we truly f- start getting that separation of the league. You know, is Arkansas as bad as we think or is LSU as good as we think? You know, there's a lot of that kind of floating around, but no, I think, you know, again, kind of similar to Alabama talk earlier. I think if you could pull Sam inside and say, Hey, you lost one, but it's not going to be an sec team. You're going to be all right. Yeah, that's, that's all right. Because when we hit nobody, nobody remembers BYU. If you go out here and you beat LSU. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. And if, LSU repeats what they did week one, thinking they're just going to go in there and mop up, and they don't take practice, you know, as strict as they should or film study as, as you know, and, and they'll get exposed. And when you get exposed with a, another SEC opponent, you lose. So, yep. um, yeah, this is going to be a great game. 
We'll take a break from the show to let you guys know we're brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Don't forget to head on over to MyBookie.ag today and use that promo code that SEC. That's T H A T S E C, and they're willing to give you an instant fifty percent initial deposit bonus over at MyBookie.ag today. There's a link in the show notes. People ask all the time, Shane, how can they help the podcast? This is the number one way to help us this season, keep us independent. Don't let one of these corporations buy the show. <laughs> you do that by heading over to mybookie.ag today using that promo code, that S-E-C, T-H-A-T-S-E-C. There's a link in the show notes for you to head on over to mybookie.ag today and sign up for an account. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted T. Your go-to game beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and picks a flavorful punch, 5% alcohol, and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering on your favorite SEC team. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love of college football. Keep it twisted. The podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Head on over to GameTime.co and use promo code THATSEC for $20 off your first purchase. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is the place for the last-minute ticket sales. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Head on over to GameTime.co. Snag tickets without the stress. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code that. SEC for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem that SEC for 20 bucks off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. How about this one, Shane? Possibly a, a, another great game. Your Missouri Tigers yeah. against Memphis in St. Louis. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but. Uh, because I missed it initially as well, but while you were out on your walk here, uh, ESPN reporting, Brady Cook, questionable. Uh, knee issue from a, from a hit he took. He has not practiced this week. Mm. So we could be Sam Horn, Memphis undefeated, top 10 defense apparently. Thoughts on uh, ooh, Missouri? And this this is a great comment. Let, let, I want to kick it over to this one drink comment. He's... He's always got these gold ones, so uh, I think you'll like this one. When you talk about moving forward, how do you balance, you know, taking the confidence from, you know, top 15 win like that and also moving forward and putting the pace, like you said? Yeah, I mean, um, there's a difference between taking confidence and living in the past. To live in the past is to die in the present. Um, you know, you look back on the things that you did good, and, and but you really focus on the things that you got to improve on and, and go to work on them. And I think that was our mindset yesterday. I think I know it was in our team meeting, and I know it was at practice. Um, you know, I think, you know, um, 
we talk about ignoring the noise all the time, and that's usually when you thought, you know, think of it in a negative context. But you have to really do the same thing in a positive context, um, because it's it's all outside influences. The only thing that you can control is is um, you know your own focus and mental fortitude, and and so to get caught up in praise or blame, they're really the same thing either way. You, you really can't get caught up in either one of them. You got to focus on running your race and focusing on this play, which is the things that we control, and that's the message to our team, uh, good and bad. Die, to die. In the, wait, say it again. To, to live, live in, in the past, past is to die in the present. Oh my gosh, Steven Seagal said that once. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shane. So how about it? Uh, old drink. He's getting. Remember the. He was the bamboo guy too. Remember, but uh, yeah, th- this is a big week for Missouri because all that goodwill's right yeah. out the window. You drop this damn game to a to a Memphis team that uh, you know c- cannot be taken lightly, considering they're undefeated. No, I'm just thinking about. Sorry, I got sidetracked there. Senseis and bamboo <laughs> and the sand getting. You know. Um, this is the one we talked about some of Sam's history, you know, even though he's, we just said don't live in the past. But in the past, there's been games where he had a high and then it hit a really low the, the following week because the game, the team wasn't dialed in. So, right. Uh, Memphis is one of those programs, you know. I, I, I who was it? Um, was it Ole Miss in Memphis? Yeah. They've been, they've been, that was an example, you know, it's like, we, I thought Ole Miss was going to steamroll, and they, you know, obviously they got screwed in that one. But Ole Miss they beat did not. Tennessee. They beat Peyton Manning one year. Yeah, so I, I oh, yeah, I don't like Memphis. <laughs> I don't like. I think we wore all orange in that game, and I think we literally burned those uniforms after that. <laughs> so, uh, but Memphis will. Memphis is going to win some games. You know, they're going to catch some some opponents. It's one of those programs that you just can't not perform for, you know. So the the quarterback situation is interesting to me. Right. Um, you Could know, be Brady's, another Milrow type where, hey, we're all calling for the backup. Yeah. Sam Horn comes out here and he struggles mightily. Be, Don't let us bring God. Brady back. Yeah. <laughs> so start booing Sam when he comes out there. <laughs> or what happens if Sam Horn comes out, lights it up? Oof. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's many ways this could go. What? That's – Again, part of now that you said that, that's the first thing I thought of was like, well, you know, because that's when you think about quarterbacks you want to get rid of nicely, they always have an injury that pops up, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a, something they got to have surgery on. They're out one to two weeks and something like that. So then it doesn't look like this quarterback was benched. It just looks like, hey, we gave this guy an opportunity and he, hot hand, if he takes it, we'll give him back. But if he doesn't, then we'll go back to our original plan. So the coach, it's almost like a, a trick that one of these coaches get to use <laughs> once a year, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm going to try this, and if it works, then I don't look like a bad guy because we're worried about Brady's health, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's just Cons- something to monitor. full hat conspiracy. I hope he's okay. Don't get me wrong, because he is coming off the best game he's ever played in that uniform. So mm-hmm. you almost kind of wish that, that that momentum would continue. You know, so we'll see. We'll see how this plays out. And are you a believer at, at all that, uh, again, it'll be a pro-Missouri crowd in St. Louis, mm-hmm. but this is the first game away from the home home stadium. You know, I, I don't know if that really affects Missouri that much, but it's, it's something, I mean, it's technically the first away game. 
Uh, anything that can mess with the team at all, you think? Well, traveling's never easy, even though it's just down the street. It's just yeah. <laughs> not sleeping in your own bed. I don't yeah, even know yeah. if, there, if that's even a possibility. I'm not the best on, you know, is it more than 13 miles away? I don't know, <laughs> you know, but uh, I, it, yes, I, I think kind of removing him. Also, you know, you see this sometimes, like teams don't perform well on their first road trip you know, because they've kind of gotten out of routine and stuff like that. But I think this is a perfect opponent to work that. You know, it's not another SEC opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, another SEC matchup here, Shane. South Carolina hosting Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And this feels like a must win for both. Yeah. Particularly South Carolina because it's at home. They just announced a sellout. Juice Wells is not going to play. He's he's banged up. He got, you know, obviously hurt against Georgia. But – I mean, thoughts on, uh, you know, all the – God, it, it would just – again, I'm not trying to put bad mojo on them, but if South Carolina does not win this game, the way Spencer Rattler is playing, it'll feel like uh, – I'm trying to think of a comp, but like, you know, an elite, elite high-level quarterback and you're not putting a team around him. I mean, it would just feel like such a, such a missed opportunity for the Gamecocks here. Well, right now, is there? It's the whole. Is there a better two-loss team out there? You know, it's, it's like there can't be. I don't think. Obviously, their schedule is tough. Their record is not where they want to be. But I don't think any Gamecock fan out there is like, man, we suck. You know? Yeah. They're like, man, if we had that game in Columbia, we could have beat Georgia, you know? And if we played North Carolina again right now, by God, we'd whoop them, you know? Yeah. I think that's the the mentality. So you take all the air out of your balloon if you lose to Mississippi State at home. So pressure, yes, because you got Tennessee looming right after this game. Uh, the momentum, the trajectory of this team is is on the uptick. Even though we've we lost, you know, juice – I. I that's that's a big hit, but again, an athlete that really hasn't been a part of this program all yeah. year long, anyway. So, uh, yeah, the success of this program is hinged on this ball game for sure. But I would also argue that great opportunity to get some momentum because Mississippi State, I mean, they can't do much right right now. They're yeah. looking awful. Um, I mean, this is this is a real opportunity, big win. Spencer Rattler stays hot. Got to get this ground game going. Mm-hmm. You got to be a little bit more multi-dimensional defense. I mean, your defense could have a field day. Yeah, the way Mississippi State is playing, so that's something to consider. How about uh, over at Mississippi State, Shane? The dreaded players only meeting. Mm-hmm. This is like the third one. <laughs> Tennessee had one. Alabama had one. Now we're having them at Mississippi yeah. State. That's never. Uh, it's a, not a, the only <laughs> meeting being set up by Will Rogers <laughs> over is it? <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know. What do you make of that? And uh, again, they're another one where they catch Alabama next week. I mean, they these losses are going to keep racking up if they can't win a game like this. Lowest of low right now, short of Vanderbilt, it's Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's nowhere else to. I, I don't think Arnett loses his job year one, maybe at the end of the season, but definitely not during the season. But that seat gets a lot warmer if you lose this game and lose it big. You know, I think that's that's one of the things. Like, there's no pretty losses, but 
you know, if you go down to the final quarter and it's a three-point game, I think you can kind of forgive that given the, the, the roster situation. But if they go down there and get killed, which, you know, some folks are expecting to see, yeah, who knows? Arnett may not make it through the year. But maybe this is a perfect time. We can't just completely disregard Will Rogers or anything, but maybe this is the time to fully embrace Mike Wright and get let him take a bunch of snaps, see what he can bring to the offense. Because I think Will Rogers is a good player, but I think he's a horrible fit for this offense. Yeah. So, again, I'm not saying we bench him, but maybe, hell, I don't know, maybe like 60-40 Mike Wright, Will Rogers, and, and if – Mike Wright is, you know, showing something in this offense. Maybe, maybe we do kind of ride with him. Uh, in, any thoughts on that? That maybe they just kind of see who's the hot hand and, and ride it in this matchup. Team needs a spark, you know. And and right now, a lot of people are recognizing Wright on the field as a runner, right? Not so much as a thrower. And um, you know, so there's not. You come out. One good thing about that is if you did let him play and let's say even if it's not successful let's say he you know gets a couple of first downs moves the chains that sort of thing teams moving forward we're gonna have to really start planning for two quarterbacks and that chews up a lot of practice time you know valuable time so I think in that situation showing that it can be done is beneficial for Mississippi State and like you said who knows maybe he does catch the hot hand and gives the spark that's needed for this team because it's not a team that's decimated of talent. It has plenty of talent. Arguably, right now, the best running back in the country, you know, it's like we just need some other pieces to emerge, and they got them. So, but they're just not getting them the ball, and some of the play calling is, you know, it's head-scratching. But, you know, one of the beautiful things about Mike Wright is if he doesn't have an option, he's – a guy that could tuck it and get 20 yards yeah. and keep his offense on the field and his defense off, which is which is important. Let me ask you one more thing about South Carolina I forgot to ask you. You just went into Athens. You just went toe-to-toe with the number one team in the country yeah. and went with them for, well, till the end there. They, they kind of fell apart. But does that inspire confidence, you think, in that locker room saying, hey, we, we just went on the one of the toughest places, the best team, and we, we were kicking their ass for half. Yeah. Or does it demoralize you to say we threw everything we had at them and then by, by God's second half they just owned us? No, you went toe-to-toe with two-time national champs at yeah. their place. So, no, those heads aren't hanging low. They, those those guys, I think, came out. I think the losing juice obviously is a little bit of a stinger because yeah. we got to see a little bit of it, man, when he had that touchdown. That's, that's something that – these other guys are going to have to step up and and going back and I don't want to keep going back to that game but there was a few drops in that second half. I think that's where we're going to be is like man if we can clean that up we can be we can we can be a a top team top team in the country, you know. So yeah. I, I think this was a very very positive uh week and going into this one just don't lose that momentum, don't lose that sight because there, there's some big games still ahead. The final SEC matchup on the slate, Shane, Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. We lost to this team last year. Yeah. Then we took their best player, and he's our best player now. So <laughs> I'd, I'd be feeling good if I'm Kentucky, but this is a must win for Mark Stoops. By God, you cannot lose to them two two seasons in a row. Oh, yeah. Vanderbilt's struggling. 
not living up to the hype. Thoughts on this matchup? Is it too early to lock something down? You know, <laughs> I, I think this you the motivation. There's not a lot of motivation going into a you know how many losses Vandy have now? Two losses. Yeah, two and two, two, two and two. Vandy. I mean, most teams are going to have to orchestrate something. Kentucky doesn't. Yeah, they just turned the film on from last year. They let Ray Davis lead the prayer at the end of the game. You know, it's what it's. It's like it's there. So the motivation is there to go down there and beat Vanderbilt. Um, so yes, Vanderbilt. The pressure's on Vanderbilt. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to have to get their shit together because if they don't, they're going to get absolutely steamrolled by Kentucky. Right, because they need to steal. Essentially, like three That's it. SEC games now. After well, you know, we painted a pretty picture of how Vanderbilt could get to a bowl game. Well, that that's almost all out the window. Yeah. But even if they did win all their non-conference games, we we circled Kentucky, we circled Auburn, we circled Mizzou, Mizzou. Some of these teams that maybe they could catch them off guard, like Florida and Kentucky last year. But I don't know, man. You, this is a team that. Is is not living to it, living up to its hype. So, um, and Kentucky is going to be bringing it. I really want to see Kentucky put together a four quarter game, and yeah. I, I think this is the one where they do it. Yeah, they've they've got to because it's 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 going to get real after they play Florida. Yeah, you know they we can't. Florida's already proven you right. don't bring your A game, they'll whoop your ass all Absolutely. up and down the field. So, uh, that that'll be something to watch. Tennessee hosting UTSA, brother. <laughs> Update from UTSA's coach, Jeff Trailer, Their star quarterback, Frank Harris, day-to-day. Got a turf toe. Yeah, injured his toe. He missed the last game against Army. They lost without him. And he wants to play. Doesn't mean he's cleared, but he wants to play against Tennessee. Well, you're... What's it going to take for you to be hitting that panic button for the Vols in this matchup? Is it like a seven-point game? Is it a, a you know not a blowout? Is it the offense scores twenty points? I mean, what what's it going to take for you to freak out here? One three and out. <laughs> One three and out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Because I can almost see this game in my mind as I'm walking through the desert for thirteen miles. <laughs> I got to imagine worst case scenario for this program yeah. while I'll never bet on him. Because short of them just that's where the old injury thing came up. I was like, you know, I mean he got banged up a couple of times and you know, so I was like, maybe he rolls Nico out and says, you know, he we're dealing with some ailments, but I digress. I, I'm sorry. I'm still sensitive, sim- sensitive t- subject. But so you're still thinking that Joe Milton is a big problem? Yeah, not just him. Not I think it's him. the offensive line. Well, that obviously, obviously, the offensive line is a big part of it too. It doesn't help that you know Cooper's still out and, mm-hmm. and, and what the right tackle didn't play. Yeah, he was, I mean, doing something with drugs. When in Rome? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. But, but I, I think that's the real problem. And until they get that solved, I don't know. It's it, tough to judge a quarterback. It's not just that. It's just it's coaching too, man. Yeah. I mean, we we all watch some of the worst play calling that we've ever seen from Josh Heupel. Yep. And now he's the guy. You know, he's the guy that. So 
we got to see some improvement there, and I don't care what you got to do. We have got to orchestrate some first downs mm. because we already know that it's going to be a dink and dunk UTSA. They're going to have six-minute drives, and, yeah. and they're going to slow this game down. And if Tennessee goes three and out and three and out, then all of a sudden you're late in the second quarter, you know, and you're down or you're, you know, it's three nothing or some stupid thing like that. So – yeah, I'm obviously I am clearly I'm talking about UTTSA or whatever, whatever airport security we're doing here. But it's just it, it's I'm at that point, Mike. You know, I Austin P was the first team to break me, and then Florida just, just curb stomped me. You know. <laughs> well, speaking of getting curb stomped, but by injuries, Georgia playing UAB. Kirby says this is the longest injury list he's ever seen. Javon Bullard, Amarius Mims, Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey, Marvin Jones, on and on and on. So many lost and lucky. Tyron Ingram Dawkins, a lot of guys out for Georgia. Maybe that's why they've not yet hit their stride. But, you know, again, we're not going to learn much about friggin' Georgia playing UAB because UAB, I mean, they okay. the spread's like 40-something points. But Real quick on the injuries because mm-hmm. I keep hearing – you know, I mean, we see Brock out there, and we see, like, what, what kind of timeline do you think before, like, this team? I mean, obviously, we don't know the future, and right. um, Georgia's obviously been really hit with the bug. Even I mean, saw Nick Chubb. You know, I hated yeah. to hear that man um, because it was very similar to the one we saw in Neyland. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's just like what. Is this something that's going to linger for the entire season, or I don't know the the timelines on these injuries. I've heard from Brock Bowers that this is one that could linger the whole year, which is truly unfortunate. Yeah. Now he's still out there; he's gutting it out. Uh, Amarius Mims, their star tackle. He now this, that's a that's a tough one. He's getting the Tua surgery. It's called a tightrope. Yeah, where that's, yeah. six to twelve weeks, you you could be out. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, these are racking up, and this again, Georgia's. Most talented, deepest roster in the country, but you start, you know, losing star player after star player. Right. It at Javon Bullard's banged up MVP of the national championship game. These are uh, again not. It's not a concern for UAB, but it. I think it will be an SEC play. Yeah. No, I was just wondering because I, I, cause it's just every game. It's like three guys are not moving forward. You know. Right. So, um. Yeah. No. I just hate to hear that because you're like three time national champs never happen. And if they're out of all the teams out there, it's like if we have to present one from the SEC to compete in the college football playoffs, it's the Georgia Bulldogs, maybe LSU, and you know some other guys are starting to emerge. But but if they come in and they're all on crutches, it's like you know I don't know. I'm just it's just interesting to me. I've never seen. So many bugs, injury bugs, right? At one, well, who's the strength and condition? Do you even know? Is this? It's not a. No, it's the same guy. It's always been. To, so to it's not knowledge. a new one. Okay. No. Uh, that's where you. That's just that's the progression. Like who's coaching? Who's, who's doing the off season <laughs> stuff here with these boys? The only thing, other thing I want to say about Georgia, they, I want to see him get hot in the first quarter. I want, yeah. I want to see him put up some points. Yeah. Because I'm not. We've not had that all year. Yeah. And it's not caught up to us yet. But I think. Some of these road games, maybe Auburn, mm-hmm. maybe uh, Tennessee. Yeah, well, you know, if the if you get down early, Florida, you're losing at halftime. Some of these, one of these teams gonna make you pay. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right, last one, Shane. Your Florida Gators hosting Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to learn much in this matchup, but just want to see the dominance on the line of scrimmage continue. Graham Mertz continue to keep it up. The defense playing lights out. And uh, hopefully they don't. I want to see 80 points, Mike. I want to see 80 points. I want to know that since we did lose, at least we (laughs) lost to the best team in the country, you know? (laughs) So don't go out here and make this a damn ball game. That's the worst, you know, is when you you just had a heartbreaker and then the following week they they go four quarters with cut-off sleeve Johnny over there, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The hedge fund. What is more painful as a a Tennessee fan, Shane, that – you know, it seems like Florida always finds a way. Yeah, and then they kind of like peter out almost immediately. Is that does that is that painful or Florida? Maybe this is like the the hot team, and it just started in Tennessee, and they make a run and they win the East after after that loss. What what would what hurts more? <sighs> what hurts more is them just petering out, you know, <laughs> them not be, making a bowl game or something like that. And then we're saying, damn, we really cannot beat Florida, even at their lowest of lows. So that would hurt. But I yeah. I don't think that's what this team is. Florida, right. I think Florida, I, I think they've kind of figured it out. Mm. You know, one of the things you said is, I, I, maybe as you or Steve uh, was talking about the um, – like the 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 whole thing, like the Billy and the patience, and mm-hmm. we're starting to see fruits of that labor, and it's it's like, oh damn, this this could work, you know? Right. And they're still bringing in the recruiting classes; they're just going to get better and better. And so, and that's scary, you know, as a as a Vol fan, that it's it's already hard enough with Georgia in this conference and South Carolina, now Mizzou and Kentucky. It's like now we got Florida coming back, you know? So, yep. Of course, divisions are going away. It doesn't matter, I guess. But I'm sure they're going to find a way for Tennessee and Florida to play. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, buddy, I can't thank you enough for uh, actually making the trip True. after that that walk. I didn't know if you'd make it, but uh, you shoulder you soldiered on, and uh, we made it to the end. You can go home and go to bed. Dude, I'm out. I'm out. I'll see. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> we may have Steve back on tomorrow. <laughs> well, I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. Oh, real quick, I forgot to do the my bookie. Yeah. yeah. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.